European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 37, Issue 13, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucher. Risk Assessment and Management of Myocardial Infarction The family of cyclooxygenases play a crucial role in platelet activation and inflammation. While cyclooxygenase 1 is constitutively expressed in platelets and is the rate-limiting enzyme for thromboxane A2 formation, Cyclooxygenase 2 is an inducible enzyme in most tissues and involved in inflammatory reactions and atherosclerosis. And while aspirin is widely used as an antithrombotic agent in cardiovascular patients, inhibitors of cyclooxygenase 2 or of both enzymes are effective for pain relief mainly in patients with osteoarthritis. Morton Schmidt from the Aarhus University Hospital in Denmark discusses the latter drugs in the current opinion Cardiovascular Safety of Non-Aspirin Non-Steroidal Anti-Inflammatory Drugs Review and Position Paper by the Working Group for Cardiovascular Pharmacotherapy of the European Society of Cardiology. The cardiovascular risks of non-aspirin non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, or NSAIDs, have received a lot of attention in the last decade. Current evidence suggests that non-aspirin NSAIDs differ in their effects on blood pressure and in heart failure, as well as the risk of thrombotic events associated with their use. In particular, selective cyclooxygenase 2 inhibitors, such as rofecoxib and possibly others, have been associated with adverse vascular risks, but also traditional NSAIDs, specifically diclofenac, may exert untoward effects in cardiovascular patients. The authors summarize current evidence on the cardiovascular safety of these drugs and recommendations for their use. As a cause of ischemia and left ventricular dysfunction, not only plaque rupture and occlusion of epicardial coronary arteries matter, but also the microcirculation, which predicts outcome in infarction and shock. The success of a primary percutaneous intervention, or PCI, in the setting of ST-segment elevation myocardial infarction, or STEMI, depends on the functional and structural integrity of the coronary microcirculation. In the clinical review, entitled Coronary Microvascular Obstruction in Acute Myocardial Infarction, Gianpaolo Nicoli, from the Catholic University of the Sacred Heart in Rome, Italy, reminds us that coronary microvascular dysfunction and obstruction occurs in up to half of patients undergoing primary PCI, and is associated with worse outcomes. The complex mechanisms include pre-existing microvascular dysfunction and obstruction, among others. The assessment of microvascular function is still challenging, but the authors propose a novel integrated therapeutic approach which should overcome the limitations of previous studies. While primary PCI is the preferred reperfusion strategy for STEMI, recommended by all guidelines, its management in centers not capable for PCI remains controversial. In their paper, Early ST Elevation Myocardial Infarction in Non-Capable PCI Centers in Situ Fibrinolysis versus PCI Transfer, Xavier Carrillo Suarez and colleagues from Badalona, Spain, sought to compare mortality with the two approaches in a real-world consecutive cohort of 2,470 patients with early STEMI. Of those, 90.2% comprised the transfer and 9.8% the fibrinolysis group. 
In the fibrinolysis group, diagnostic and systemic delays were 24 minutes, but 31 minutes in the transfer group, while 30-day mortality was similar with 7.7% and 5.1% respectively. However, patients in the transfer group treated within 140 minutes had a lower mortality of 2.0% if treated in less than 99 minutes and 4.6% for those treated within 99 to 140 minutes. Fibrinolysis was an independent predictor of 30-day mortality with an odds ratio of 1.91, together with age and Killip-Kimball class. Thus, in non-capable PCI centers, in-situ fibrinolysis had worse outcomes than transfer with a delay of less than 140 minutes. The paper is accompanied by a thoughtful editorial by Franz van der Werf from the University of Leuven in Belgium. Prognostic scores after myocardial infarction have mainly relied on biomarkers and ejection fraction. Novel imaging techniques such as MRI also allow better characterization of infarcted tissue. In their paper, Prognostic Significance of Infarct Core Pathology, revealed by quantitative non-contrast in comparison to contrast cardiac magnetic resonance imaging in reperfused ST elevation myocardial infarction survivors, Colin Berry and colleagues from the University of Glasgow in Scotland sought to assess the prognostic significance of infarct core tissue characteristics using cardiac magnetic resonance imaging in 300 survivors of STEMI. Native T1 was measured in myocardial regions of interest and adverse remodeling defined as an increase in left ventricular end diastolic volume of more than 20% at 6 months. About half of the patients had a hypo-intense infarct core disclosed by native T1, which was inversely associated with adverse remodeling. 10% died or experienced a heart failure event. Native T1 values within the hypo-intense infarct core were inversely related with all-cause death or first hospitalization for heart failure. The prognostic value of microvascular obstruction was similar. Thus, infarct core native T1 represents a novel, non-contrast prognostic marker in STEMI survivors. The paper is accompanied by a comprehensive editorial by Sven Plein from the University of Leeds in the UK. The use of opioids is recommended for pain relief in most guidelines for patients with myocardial infarction, but its safety has not been properly assessed. Indeed, opioids may delay antiplatelet agent absorption. In their paper, Correlates of Pre-Hospital Morphine Use in ST Elevation Myocardial Infarction Patients and its Association with In-Hospital Outcomes and Long-Term Mortality, the FAST-MI, French Registry of Acute ST Elevation and Non-ST Elevation Myocardial Infarction Program. Etienne Poimirat and colleagues from the Hôpital Européen Georges Pompidou in Paris assessed death, non-fatal myocardial reinfarction, stroke, stent thrombosis, and bleeding, according to pre-hospital morphine use, in 2,438 STEMI patients. The results were replicated in 1,726 STEMI patients of the FAST-MI cohort. The 19% of the patients who received morphine pre-hospital were younger, more often male, with a lower GRACE score and higher chest pain levels. In-hospital complications and one-year survival were not increased according to pre-hospital morphine use.
consistent results were found in the replication cohort, including in those receiving pre-hospital thionopyridines, independent of the genetic polymorphisms of CYP2C19 or ABCB1. The authors conclude that in two independent everyday life cohorts, pre-hospital morphine use in STEMI patients was not associated with worse in-hospital complications and one-year mortality. Trans fatty acids are generated by the food industry and also occur naturally in trace amounts in dairy products. For the latter, beneficial health effects have been claimed, while numerous reports about trans fatty acids of industrial origin suggest potential health risks. In their paper, Trans Fatty Acids and Mortality in Patients Referred for Coronary Angiography, the Ludwigshafen Risk and Cardiovascular Health Study, Marcus Eddy Kleber from the Heidelberg University in Germany investigated their association with mortality in 3,259 participants of the Lyric study. During 10 years of follow-up, 29.9% of the participants died, 18.8% from cardiovascular causes. Trans fatty acids were inversely associated with mortality due to cardiovascular causes or sudden cardiac death, mainly driven by the naturally occurring transpalmitoleic acid. There was no association of any trans fatty acid subgroup with adverse outcomes. They conclude that while the naturally occurring trans fatty acids were associated with reduced risk, no increased risk was found for industrially produced trans fatty acids. The findings are discussed critically in an editorial by Dariush Mozafarian of the Friedman School of Nutrition Science and Policy in Boston, Massachusetts, USA. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its readers.